you're tuned in to CFRC 101.9 FM. I'm your host, Alexandra Fernandez. Today with me in our virtual studio, I have Anthony Agostino. He is the president and CEO of Viva Productions, and he will be talking with us today about a new TV docuseries called We Are Golden. So welcome, Anthony, onto CFRC. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Alexandra. My absolute pleasure to have you on The Scoop today. Um, So can you tell us a little bit about yourself just before we get into it? Uh, Sure, yeah. I'm an entrepreneur here in Kingston, Ontario. I have uh, a few media companies. Uh, Augustino Media Group is our overall umbrella group. And underneath Augustino Media Group, we have Viva Productions, Mm -hmm. which is our video production brand. We do uh, a lot of marketing video content for all kinds of organizations queen's university being one of them and uh, we also have station 14 which does a lot of live streaming and among the live streaming that station 14 does we live stream all the gales of our city sports games so very connected to queen's uh, in those two ways mm-hmm. and then our other brands are siamo digital which is digital marketing and then we also have augustino entertainment our new brand uh, which is air television production uh, brand. And that is also leading us into what we're talking about today, which is our docuseries. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Definitely sounds like um, a lot of different um, companies and a lot on your plate, but sounds really fun and some really cool projects you get to work on. Yeah, absolutely. We're definitely in the creative industries um, mm-hmm. in many regards, but uh, they all are unique and different, but connected in different ways. So yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a fun, fun time for us. Yeah, definitely. Um, so how did you, you know, come to be the president and CEO of Viva Productions? Uh, well, my background is uh, in journalism. I actually spent nine years working at the local TV station here uh, in Kingston, okay. uh, CKWS, which is now Global Kingston. Yeah. I worked for a large part of that time. I started as a reporter and then uh, a large segment of that. I, I was the host and producer of uh, a daily uh, lifestyle, community lifestyle show called Newswatch at 5.30. So being very ingrained in the television world, I decided to uh, take the leap and get out of uh, news and, and become an entrepreneur. And I started uh, Viva Productions was my first endeavor. And that was about 11 years ago. Mm-hmm. Wow. So we've been growing within the community. There's there's this thing called YouTube that came along <laughs> and uh, made online videos a lot more popular. And uh, videos, certainly uh, the online video industry has grown tremendously. Um, so that was a great catalyst to where we're going. And then we saw live streaming becoming a part of everything. And so TV is, even though it's kind of new for us in terms of my company, it's it's really the root of where my career started. And it has allowed me to kind of merge the two worlds. Uh, as I'm sure you're well aware, that the online world is very similar to the TV world, yet they're both very different uh, in their own way. So yeah, that's how everything kind of got started with us. And we've just kind of grown and developed over the last uh, 11 years or so with the implementation of our new brands and, and new ways that we can complement uh, our clients and opportunities throughout uh, the creative world. Awesome. That sounds really great. Um, what sort of previous projects has Visa Productions worked on that you'd like to mention or highlight briefly for us? Uh, well, for Viva Productions, uh, we're, we're a video production company. So what happens is organizations and businesses will hire us to uh, produce videos for them, uh, of the marketing 
type. Uh, we'll do a lot of commercials, a lot of marketing videos. Um, we also do training videos, basically anything to do with video, we would produce it. Um, a lot of our clients are well known here in the Kingston community, um, everything from Queen's University to St. Lawrence College to both school boards in the area, obviously a lot in the education realm. We've mm -hmm. done work for the city of Kingston, um, so on and so forth. There's a lot of organizations and businesses that we've touched over the last 11 years, which has been great. And we're, we're happy to be a part of the community in that way. So it's been great. We are expanding Viva. Um, we got sidetracked a little bit with uh, the pandemic, but uh, just before the pandemic, we started expanding Viva out of the Kingston area into the Toronto market as well. So oh, awesome. we'll probably reapproach that once uh, things slow down a little bit uh, on the pandemic side and and the opportunities are reignited. So that'll be another thing where, you know, being in Kingston is fantastic because we're our location is excellent and, and it's not too far for us to go to Toronto or Ottawa to do work as well. And we've yeah. done that in other locations, but we'll be looking to push that a little bit more. Yeah, definitely. That'll be a great opportunity for the company. Um, so Viva Productions, as we mentioned earlier, is launching this new TV docuseries called We Are Golden, which is a series about the Queen's Gales football team, and it's launching sometime this month. So where did the idea for a show like this come from and what was sort of the inspiration behind it? Yeah, actually, um, we were approached by uh, Five TV One, uh, looking for a production company that could uh, possibly uh, produce local content or a local-based show from the Kingston area that they could have on their television channel and uh, broadcast nationwide. Um, so they initially approached us. We then came up with a few different ideas origin of that idea came from Queen's alumni, Bill Bearable. And so Bill Bearable uh, is a former uh, football player from Queen's University. I believe he played in about 82 uh, or 84, somewhere around there. He was on the, in the early 80s, he was on the football team. Mm -hmm. But Bill approached us with the idea that there are these great stories going on uh, that have happened from Queen's football past. Like we're talking like way back in, you know, the pre-First uh, World War, uh, the early 20s, uh, and going into the 30s especially. And a lot of these stories were actually documented by, uh, well, they've been documented in many ways over the years, but they were put together in a book called Gale Force by Merv Dobb, who's uh, also uh, Queen's alumni, former Queen's football player in the 60s. Uh, professor is also... Uh, um, sorry, he's uh, very involved with the university in many different ways and, and is a wealth of knowledge when it comes to Queen's football history. So Merv wrote a book. So that was certainly, uh, we gained some great resources and elements from that as well. So the original idea came from Bill, which came from um, some of Merv's book as well. And that's where it all kind of uh, started to, to get started with. So then we you know, naturally thought at least, you know, in terms of interviewees, the first person we reached out to was Murph and mm -hmm. uh, to see if he would love to be a part of this. And certainly he, he was all over it and he thought he was thrilled to be um, uh, a part of it. And we were thrilled to have him uh, involved in the docu-series and just a wealth of knowledge and some great stories that came. And then I think that's the key here is that I kind of want to get out to everyone that, People hear, well, it's a, it's a, it's a docu-series about Queen's football history. And so there's a lot of football. Yeah, there's a lot of football, but 
more when it comes to the stories of these individuals who played the game. And there's some just tremendous stories. Um, You know, it's a five episode series. uh, And I'm sorry if I'm kind of jumping the gun here and maybe (laughs) going a little bit beyond what your next question is, but I'll, I'll just kind of say it's a five episode series. Episode one is about three gray cups, which Queens actually won three gray cups. And a lot of people don't realize that that, you know, this one of the most storied sports trophies in Canadian history, hmm. Queens actually won three times in the 20s. So the first episode is based on that and the players that were involved. Uh, the second episode, which is also a very unique story, is called Carl and the Two Cups. And what that's about is Carl Voss. He was part of the third Grey Cup that Queens won, but he also then went on in his career and won a Stanley Cup. Wow. So about an individual who went to the Queens who won a Grey Cup wins, and he's one of only three people in history that uh, have his name as a player on the Grey Cup and the Stanley Cup. So that's so episode two is about Carl's story. Episode three is called The Original Iron Man. And so what that's about actually is the um, a couple of and some but focused on a couple of uh, players who were part of the Queens football team who fought in the First World War, namely George Richardson himself, who Richardson Stadium is named after. We talk about his story and just his generosity and what happened. Uh, I won't give away too much, but what happened with him. And uh, also Ernie Slider is another one. And this is an incredible story. Like if you want to talk about a story of perseverance and survival, you have to pay attention to the story that happens with Ernie Slider in episode three. It's just unbelievable. So we tackle that one as well. And then the last two episodes, uh, uh, episode four, are two-parter. So episode four, part one, episode five, part two, called the Fearless 14. And the great thing about the Fearless 14 is this is a team in the 19, uh, 1934 season. Okay. Who, um, going into the season, back then you had 18 players on your football team. Mm-hmm. And going into the season, there was uh, uh, an incident uh, with fraternities, which were uh, not approved at all by the university at the time, uh, where four of the players were involved with an off-campus fraternity, and as a result, were suspended. And so the coach, uh, Ted Reeve, uh, believed that you know he could have brought up other players, but he said, no, we're going to go ahead this season with only the 14 that I have left. Wow. So you're talking about a loss of 25% of your team yeah. season. And so I won't, again, give away what happened with that Fearless 14 team throughout that season. But we talk about them, but we also talk about the players that were on that Fearless 14 team. We're talking a World War II hero. We're talking someone who created uh, 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 one of the most famous um, Canadian mining companies, uh, out there, we're talking about someone who became a professional wrestler in Canada mm-hmm. and a premier or one of the uh, pioneers in professional wrestling. Uh, and another individual who created a legacy in sports um, here locally and created uh, in the baseball world and also uh, in the curling world as well. So, like, these are individuals who have incredible stories that really needed to be told. And that was the catalyst for us. I mean, football is an awesome sport. It's great. Um, I'm a hockey fan myself, but you know, I admire uh, everything that goes into football and the history, especially with Queens football. 
But this is really the entire series is about these tremendous and amazing stories of these incredible individuals who I just felt that needed to be told and be told in a way that uh, can be remembered for a very long time. Mm-hmm, definitely. And those sound like really, really amazing stories. Yeah, they are. They're, they're really interesting stories, uh, like we said. And, and we're excited about the idea and the fact that uh, this is going to be available nationwide on mm-hmm. L5 TV1. Um, it is going to be up later in July. We don't have the exact release date, date yet. Uh, it is a video on demand channel. Uh, so meaning that if you're a Bell uh, satellite subscriber, uh, which I've been told there's 1.3 million homes across the country that have this. So um, they'll be able to access this. This is video on demand. So they'll be able to watch it whenever they want. Uh, but once it's up, it's up. And, you know, I'm sure that certain that uh, a lot of current Queen's students, I'm sure a lot of, uh, without a doubt, uh, Queen's alumni will be mm-hmm. very interested in this. This is who this is series is for okay so if you're a queen student or if you're queen's alumni if you're connected in any way to queens certainly there is interest there in the stories that are being told uh you don't have to be a football fan to be enamored with this series so that uh if you're into history we go into a lot of history about the kingston area about even the country at time we touch on the spanish flu and what it was like for people uh, at that time which is very uh, appropriate with what we've been going through in our yeah, pandemic. Definitely. So there's, you know, you get to learn a little bit about what was going on with Kingston and the country at that time. Um, and uh, we get into, obviously, if you're a football fan, period, or a sports fan, interesting stories there as well. Our key for this, Alexandra, is that we wanted to tell a story that isn't necessarily just for football fans. We wanted mm-hmm. anyone, you know, someone even like yourself, young female who's interested in great stories, just learning about the stories of people and individuals that will resonate uh, throughout time. And that, you know, that really surprised people. And uh, so, yeah, we didn't, yes, we get into football, but it's not all about the football and the scores and, and what all happened. So it's really about individual stories. And we believe that that's the core of any interesting um, content that is out there. Definitely. I couldn't agree more with that uh, for sure. Um, So my next question for you is why does the series focus specifically on the years of 1915 to 1934 and not anything, um, you know, after that a little bit more modern, um, so to speak? Yeah. How come those years? Yep. Great question. Um, So we did for a few things. We thought that, you know, number one, it just seemed like those were some of the stories that stood out to us Mm -hmm. um, being able to go back that far. Uh, This is not a chronological history of of Queen's football. Uh, We just picked what we believed were some of the best stories out there that were available uh, and needed to be told, especially when you're going back, uh, you know, 100 and in some cases over 100 years. Yeah. Um, You know, uh, anywhere from 80 to 100 years, I think, is how far we went back in this. So we thought that that was a great way to be told. And and the other option is that, hey, if if this is liked and it gets enough um, um, interest, uh, both from the audience and from the television station, it gives us opportunity to tackle a second season. So I don't want to jump the gun because, you know, season one hasn't debuted yet, but uh, there's many great stories happening after uh, all these times, you know, that we mm-hmm. talked about uh, Merv Dobb, for example, um, was on one of the, you know, in the, in the 20s, I believe it was the 1923 season, 
Um, I, I don't think I'm giving away too much by saying this, but uh, Queens went undefeated that year. And the only other time that they went undefeated was during the 60s and Merv, who's the uh, the Gale Force book, uh, was part of that team as well. So that's a story I would love to also be able to tackle. I'm sure that there's a lot, uh, no pun intended, I guess, with the tackle, but uh, (laughs) there's a lot of uh, great stories that have happened in a lot of championships. It's just a matter of finding those. But we thought it was important to kind of go back in history and look at the connection to the Great Cups, look at the First World War, look at uh, the Spanish flu, look at these times in history that um, that are significant. Mm-hmm. And during that time, what was going on at Queens and what was happening? There's some really interesting stories, too, about Queens almost going bankrupt during that time and not existing. Wow. So that's another thing that is in there. And, and, you know, viewers will be able to see that and learn about that as they watch the series, which is Again, you know, that's uh, kind of what they went through in those times because of the First World War. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it sounds really cool how um, those, you know, bigger problems, so to speak, like you were saying, the Spanish flu and whatnot, like how it kind of ties into all these stories and how um, it's almost like a ripple effect in a way. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's, we thought, you know, again, you know, um, the football is, is the core of it. And there's some great, you know, obviously these, these stories wouldn't have happened unless the football team existed and, and did accomplish what they did. But on top of that, we wanted to paint the picture of not only the individuals, but also what was going on at the time outside of that. What was it like, you know, for everyone living in Kingston, living in or going to Queens? Like, what are what were things like around that time? Uh, I do want to say among the many uh, people, I, I could go on and, and thank all kinds of people for this, but uh, contributors uh, to this that were very helpful in terms of resources were Queen's Archives. We were able to acquire uh, photographs, but also um, actual footage of the only Grey Cup game that has taken place in Kingston, which actually happened at, uh, at Richardson Stadium. So, which is kind of cool, you know, there's one great cup game in history that has happened in Kingston and, and we're able through archives to get footage to that. So that's kind of neat. And we include that, of course, in the series. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of uh, there are a lot of stories and a lot of perspectives to take. And we wanted to take something that will resonate with more than just the football fan or maybe, you know, the, the, the football team alumni. We wanted to, I'm sure that they'll be heavily interested in this, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, how do we get other people interested? Well, let's talk about something that is commonplace for everyone and that they can all uh, relate to things like life and pandemic and, you know, things like that, that, you know, we have all lived through this pandemic or the last, you know, uh, or a year and a half um there was a lot more that they had to live through back then and so we we touch on that through the series as well Mm -hmm. yeah that sounds super great um and you know when did production for the series start yeah that's a that's an interesting story (laughs) this actually happened through the pandemic so yeah i was gonna ask if it happened then and what did that kind of you know look like during the pandemic when a lot of places were working from home and just you know, restrictions, all that kind of stuff, on and off lockdowns. What did that look like for the production team and the whole process, I guess, itself? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we were given the green light uh, in April of 2020. Okay. 
So we're talking like uh, a month into the pandemic, you know, I get a call saying, we'd like to move ahead with your, your docu-series and which is great. And, you know, of course it came at a time, you know, when, uh, when it was well needed and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and very helpful for us. Um, that's for sure. Um, but then moving forward, it was kind of like, okay, well now we're, what we did, like, I guess to kind of, you know, lay it out pretty simply is we danced around the lockdown you know when the lockdown was lifted let's get into production <laughs> let's let's uh um you know get the interviews booked and let's uh find out what we can do here and there so i mean um obviously we adhered to all covid protocols right. uh, throughout the the series production you know we had to change some of the ways that we did things in terms of uh, distancing and awareness and, you know, et cetera. But we were always very careful and we were always um, cognizant of the protocols and stuck to them. Uh, we took them very seriously and, uh, and, and were able to do that. But, you know, dancing around that, uh, we also danced around the lockdowns. And, and when we in a position where we had to, um, where we weren't able to get into facilities. Cause the other thing too, is we were able to, to um, our work was permitted during lockdowns, but access to facilities wasn't necessarily there. So right. if we wanted to shoot something in a specific facility or a location, that location might be locked down. Right. So, you know, we couldn't get access to get in and get that kind of footage. And so we actually started production uh, late December, I would say. Uh, it was actually mid-December, sorry, right before the lockdown hit on December 26th, I believe it was. Yeah. Um, there was a second lockdown. And so we shot, uh, we did a little bit of shooting, not a lot, but we did a little bit um, through uh, in mid-December. We actually interviewed uh, Steve Snyder, was our first uh, interview at the time. He's the current head coach of the Gales football okay. team. So we got into Richardson Stadium, thanks to uh, Steve at the time, but it happened to be a nice sunny day. So here we are shooting what is supposed to be fall-like weather uh, in the middle of December. So <laughs> we got lucky. It was it was freezing outside, mind you, but, you know, the camera doesn't show temperature. So yeah. it just, well, I guess it can if someone's talking, but um, for what we needed, we we got away with it and uh, and that was good. And then we did... Um, I think probably, I think when the lockdown ended, uh, probably mid-February, I think it was, Yeah. when we resumed a lot of our interviews uh, and were able to continue, there were some shots that we were able to get within our own office. Um, some old, like, you know, we acquired some old cleats and an old football from the 20s to kind of accent um some of the scenes and things like that so yeah. you know those were within our own facilities so we were able to shoot those so our cinematographer joe elliott uh, at times and then when we were able to resume back in uh, mid-february again we got a lot of our our um interviews done and then we kind of pieced it together because the process of a docu series or a documentary is you kind of don't know what you're going to get until you piece all the interviews together right. Right. And it's kind of like, well, what are you going to use for B-roll? Well, I'm not exactly sure because I'm not sure what people are going to say. And I'm exactly. Not sure what, what we're going to use and what order it's going to be used in. So 
we we spent that time acquiring as much uh, archive footage as we could. Uh, we worked with National Library Archives of Canada as well to acquire a lot of footage. Um, and then once we kind of put together the rough cut and knew what was it was going to look like, we then um, uh, decided to to plan out some reenactment shots um, that we were able to. So we, we, you know, we went and made some football uniforms that looked like they did in the 20s and uh, created those um, through the help of a local company. And, uh, and then we only had a couple of people. We tried to keep it small, obviously, because the crew, even though everything was shot outside, we used a couple of, uh, of local actors who were uh, happy to take part and we just put them through some of the football scenes that we want to reenact or some of the moments we want to reenact so that's how we ended up uh doing everything throughout the lockdown it was definitely a challenge it was a lot slower than what we would have liked it to have been because we're sitting there waiting for lockdowns to end and doing as much work as we can during the lockdowns but it certainly slowed down production in a major way for us but we we're able to get it done and get it done on time when we promised bell that we would Awesome. That's really great to hear. Um, would you like to just remind us how we can access We Are Golden as soon as it's released? Yeah, absolutely. So again, it's uh, going to be released in late July. I don't have the exact date yet, but I'm, I'm told that it will definitely be le uh, released in July. It's going to be on Bell 5 TV 1, which is Channel 1 uh, for satellite uh, Bell subscribers, and uh, also on the 5 uh, TV app as well so it's a video on demand um people will be able to watch it once it's up uh access it uh, across the nation uh if you're connected to bell uh they do have a 30-day window so it's not that uh um this is the only possibility we maybe you know someone else will pick it up and there'll be other um elements from it but certainly uh that is the place to go once it gets released and uh, a lot of people can watch it at their leisure um the series is short it's a five-part series each episode is pretty short we're talking about 15 minutes max uh per episode so um yeah it's uh, it's about an hour of content altogether uh maybe a little bit over an hour but um but yeah so so it's a it's a we tried to make it flow uh we tried to make it something that people be interested in and dynamic so um we're excited for people to get out there and watch it once it gets released so keep an eye out for it uh we'll definitely be letting people know uh through our social media channels and by other means um when it's actually going to be released but i think it's a safe bet if you go probably the last week of july and you want to go and check it out probably going to be up there and, and ready for everyone to be viewed. Awesome. Sounds great. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to add before we end off? Uh, I'd just like to thank, I guess, uh, you know, probably a couple of thank yous, just um, first and foremost to Queen's Athletics uh, for um, just kind of giving us approval and saying, hey, yeah, go ahead. Because, you know, at the end of the day, we did this ourselves. Um, we were the ones who produced everything. Um, and we they weren't really in, kind of gave us a green light to go ahead with their brand right and uh and and we respect that and we value that and and um you know to tell a great story uh that can resonate so i just want to thank them obviously our crew joe elliott yannick michaud 
um, Melissa Prince, Sloan Westlake. Sloan Westlake actually is a is a recent grad of the Queen's Film Program, um, and she just joined our team in early May. So she just kind of came on the tail end of the project, but uh, but was a contributor to it as well. So that's an interesting connection. Um, Melissa Prince, our associate producer, is also a Queen's grad um, as well. So yeah, there's definitely some connections there. Um, just want to thank them. Uh, I really highly appreciate the crew and all the interviewees that we had. Uh, I won't go into all of them, but um, I, we're very grateful for the opportunity and and uh, thanks for having us on and letting uh, letting me talk talk about it and uh, let out uh, are very proud of and something that that we feel will be able to tell some great stories uh, for not only some people to reminisce about but others to learn about and uh, to really delve into and, and be um, proud of the history of, of Queen's football and some of the people that attended. Mm -hmm, definitely. Thank you so much for joining me, Anthony. Thanks. I really appreciate your time, Alexandra. Thanks for doing this for us. Thank you for listening to The Scoop, produced with the generous support of the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences at CFRC 101.9 FM at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario, on the traditional lands of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples.